We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Dart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, September 3rd, the year of our Lord, 2023. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got J.D. Silva with me tonight. Fellas, you guys like Topo Chico? I got one with me tonight. I do like Topo Chico. Big fan. I've grown into it. I like the, uh, I like the line, though. I'm not a huge fan of the plane. Yeah, yeah. We've got Taylor Peterson here with us. Happy 15th anniversary to uh, all Thunder fans. This, uh, I guess, 15 years ago today is when the Thunder were officially unveiled and announced uh, to everywhere. <laughs> I was about to say they uh, it, this wasn't the anniversary when the Thunder were actually acquired, but uh, is when we went from the Oklahoma Black, City basketball team, yes, right, to the to Oklahoma City the Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder. So it was pretty cool to see the Thunder post about that and. Uh, did a lot of reflecting today, actually. I was driving back from Tulsa for Memorial Day weekend, and uh, just, you know, it's, it's really cool to think about all the different memories we've had. It is very cool. Movie. I just think it's funny that you said, I've reflected a lot today, like you're sitting through therapy, like couples therapy <laughs> or some shit. Um, My identity is Hey, off, to the just Thunder. off the cuff, 15 years of Thunder basketball doesn't have to be the best moment, but the moment that just, like, when you think about the last 15 years, the moment that jumps out to you, the thing, the... The flashbulb thing, Silva, what is it? Oh, man. Um, probably, and this is good and bad, but the Golden State series in 2016, <gasps> like immediately, good and I, bad. I don't know if we've there ever talked is. about this on the podcast. I was at game six. Mm-hmm. Like, I just remember watching Clay Thompson do what he did in that fourth quarter. Yeah. That, that was, was like ejecting. Jacob's that was, never been the same. That was the most formative basketball memories. When I started I taking depression medication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taylor, 
I think for me, it's more of a personal memory. Um, and honestly, I, again, a lot of reflecting. Uh, I'm fortunate to have quite a few. Like I think about when Nick and I and a couple of our friends were able to be ball boys for a couple of games. Or sorry, ball boys. Uh, like yeah, ball boys, mop boys, whatever you want to call it. That actually mop was a boys. really cool experience. Uh, but I think the one I'm going to have to go with would be the 2012 Western Conference Finals being there uh what was a game six against the spurs where they end up winning that was the loudest yeah that's awesome and that was the loudest i've ever heard chesapeake arena and that includes and again including paycom but also i we also were fortunate to be able to go to game one of the finals i went to game two and even game one when they won did not compare to when they won uh game six in western conference finals so that was that will always stick out to me is probably my favorite thunder memory a few things kind of jump off the page to me. Um, the James Harden trade is a massive, massive one. Obviously, the KD decision. Um, one that's really pivotal to my fandom, because it was so early on, was the Jeff Green for Kendrick Perkins trade. Yeah. That one really mm-hmm. sticks out. Um, Taylor, I was at game four of the 2020, or sorry, 2020, 2012 Western Conference Finals. No, game three. I'm sorry, game three. Came home down 0-2 to the Spurs. They make the tactical decision to switch Tabo Cephalosha over to um, Sergio Parker. Baca. No, you're right. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, to Parker. And that uh, completely changed the tone of that series. That was a, a very pivotal moment. So lo- a, lot of, a lot of memories. The Harden one probably sticks out the most to me. Uh, another just thing that I always think of is I remember listening to local sports radio after game three. No, sorry. After game four of the NBA finals down three, one that was before the finals were two, two, one, one, one. It was still two, three, two. And the thunder were down three, one and had one more game in Miami. And I remember everybody on sports radio just saying, Hey, just get it back home. If you get it back home, we will win it for you. Like people were yeah. so freaking rabid for that team to get back here. Uh, all the, I said one, I'm just going on a tangent. The airport meetups at 2 a.m. Whenever yes. they would fly in from a playoff, just mm-hmm. so many great, great, great memories. I also think about like the Russell Westbrook injury uh, that next year, oh. right? When the Thunder were just humming. I mean, they're the best regular season team. Yeah. And Russ tears his ACL. Um, I mean, there's so many Thunder what ifs and and so many Thunder memories. It's really hard to choose the Paul George trade, both of them. Uh, I remember exactly where I was. The Carmelo Anthony trade. The list goes on and on. But uh, all in all, it's a it's a blessing to be a. Thunder where were you fan. for the Paul George trade? Paul, oh, which one? <laughs> the first or the second? Uh, the <laughs> first. Give the, us give us the thirty second answer for both. The first, I was at uh, Grand Lake with some very good uh, we had just graduated college and uh we were with some very close friends of ours uh their family had a lake house up in grand lake and so we actually were had just left the lake house had been on the or it was a, i think it was like a thursday or a friday we hadn't actually like we had just gotten there basically we hadn't been out on the lake that day or anything we were going to the store to like pick some things up and it was and i was like in and out of service but i had just enough to still get notifications 
And so I got the the Ramona Shelburne notification because I think somebody retweeted it. I think it was Royce. Mm-hmm. Something and like so, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, holy, <laughs> like, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, my friend Connor Kaz. Like, Connor. He was the only one that would have cared. Uh, the girls wouldn't have cared. Anyways, I'm like sitting there outside of the store, just like trying to get service yeah. while they're inside, <laughs> like seeing what the details are. Yeah. So that's where I was. And then uh, for the first Paul George trade, and then that's when I made the joke. So we started the podcast after that, I believe. And yeah, 2018. And um, so we did have the podcast going for the second Paul George trade. I was also at the lake this time, a, a different lake, a lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> and it's More like, of the story. Taylor's at the lake a lot. Well, oh, it's honestly not really. It, 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 and it was around the same time frame. It was like 4th of July weekend and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, no, I, I made a, a pact okay. with myself that second trade that I would no longer go to the lake on uh, 4th of July weekend. I was about to say, <laughs> uh, moral of the story number two, if you want a trade to happen, send Taylor to the lake. Correct. JD, where were you at for both of those? Um, so the first the first one where, where the Thunder acquired Paul George, I had very recently turned 21. And I was at the, I had been able to go to the, went to the second story of Heyday for the first time. And I had ordered. For those my, of you who are like our overseas yeah. listeners, Heyday is like a laser tag arcade bowling facility. Yeah. It's OKC's local Dave and Buster's. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had ordered like my first drink there and I was like, I'd start bowling. And there, it, there it goes on my phone. And no one I was with knew what, knew what the heck I was talking about. But I was like, everything is changing. Everything is changing all of a sudden. Um, and then the second one, I honestly do not remember where where I was, what was going on. It just, it, I must have been deep into college or something, and I was just too busy to really remember that. But yeah, um, I've honestly, a lot of, not to like take us down a different path entirely, but a lot of my memories now, a lot of the ones I remember the most are like the painful ones from the previous Thunder era. That it's is honestly so true. It is. And then, it's like a lot of the more recent memories I have with the Thunder are very uh, a lot more optimistic. Like with this second era, Thunder 2.0, it, yeah. there's a lot of like, yeah, some of them. It was painful to watch the seasons as a whole, but the moments I remember are way more, way so more. So like, fun. not to sound like a complete tool, but I was in the gym like working out, and all of a sudden I get this call. I, this is a, a couple weeks after the Paul George trade, I guess. I, I don't know exactly. I get this call from none other than our Jacob Niffin saying, "Did you see the Russ trade?" <laughs> <laughs> like what I and i, I literally call. had just i was yeah. like i'm in the gym and i looked down at my phone i was like oh my god russell westbrook was just traded to the rockets for chris paul and yep. then like <laughs> like you said silva like it's so fun to think back on when we started the podcast because then i'm able to tie a lot of these memories to the podcast yeah. i remember our yeah. chris paul podcast right like i remember the stephen adams trade the stephen and adams you trade and me podcast. and justin for the pg one uh Whenever he got traded to OKC, I was like five minutes away from walking into a an escape room where you're not allowed to have your phone. <laughs> and that tweet came through, and I was like, "What do What do I do? I I I have to keep my phone. I have to know what happens." And so I had to be off my phone for an hour. <laughs> oh and then I think a lot of people in this longtime uncontested listeners know I was in Boston, Massachusetts the day that they traded PG away. So Eastern time zone, it was like almost 2 a.m. out there and I was asleep. And I woke, up, I woke up the next morning. Um, 
maybe my favorite band of all time was playing a reunion show after a decade. They're from Boston. They were playing a reunion show in Wooster. So we woke up that morning to catch the train to Wooster. And I had something like 30 text messages, like 80 or 90 Twitter notifications and a whole bunch of missed calls from our own Nick Crane. And I was like, what is going on? And then I had a text from Nick that just said, uh, you're going to wake up and shit your pants. <laughs> and uh, sure uh, enough, he was accurate. <laughs> All right. Trip down memory lane is fun, but let's talk about something that's happened more recently, Taylor. And that is FIBA basketball this morning. Uh, Josh Giddy and the Australians played against the country of Georgia. Uh, kind of a pointless game in the sense that neither team could advance to the knockout round. So Josh's final FIBA game. We had Latvia playing and beating the Brazilians to get into the knockout round. Um, Latvia with Davis Bertans. And then the big game of the day, a de facto knockout game between the Canadians and the Spanish. Winner goes home and has to find another way to make it to the Olympics in 2024. Uh, that was oh, sorry. That loser goes home, has to find another right. way to the Olympics. The winner makes it into the knockout round and punches their ticket to Paris 2024. So a massively pivotal game that the Canadians win by three as an Alex Abrinas deep triple as time expired rimmed in and out. See, si, senor. Where do you want to start with uh, with Australia or so? Uh, let's in not Canada. really talk about Australia. Let's just give us the stat line of Josh Giddy and give us the stat line of Davis Bertons, and then we'll dive into Canada just a little bit. It's so bad that when you asked me to pull up stats of uh, Thunder players, I just pulled up Shay and Josh. But that's okay. <laughs> if we're talking about Josh Giddy, he had a. A little more tame game from him, I would say, in this finale. And and to be completely honest and selfish, kind of what I would hope. Because if Josh would have gotten injured here in this last game, I don't know what I would have done with myself. Uh, 15 points for Josh, 4 assists, 2 rebounds, 7-9 from the floor, uh, 1-2 from the, the free throw line. I thought he played, and again, I, I had to go back and watch this. I didn't watch it live, obviously. But... um just seemed a little more tame, I think. Like obviously, you're you're not playing for nearly as much. Not good uh, enough for situation, right? Exactly. And so, um, a little. I, I I need to look up his minutes per game, or sorry, his minutes versus his minutes per game. But he certainly played a little less this game, as mm-hmm. expected. Uh, kind of rewarding some of those other guys who were with the national team. But his FIBA stats as a whole, and shout out to Thunder Focus for this because I already have a screenshot of nineteen point four points per game, six assists per game five rebounds per game on 54 percent uh from the floor 16.6 percent from three to That's 12 bad. not great 68 percent from the free throw line but this is exciting he was 17 of 26 attempts that's something we can dive into uh 58 percent uh, true shooting percentage and 27.6 minutes per game essentially josh was the focal point of team australia so if we want to start there uh i we i can pull up davis berton stats for Team Latvia, but Josh had an incredible run with Team yeah. Australia. I think that's probably enough on Josh because we want to save time and we want to get to Canada stuff. So why don't you just tell us the Berton stats as well, and then we'll dive into Shea a little bit. 
So, doing a quick Google search here. Is his nickname the Latvian Laser, or is that his nickname? He is named nicknamed the Latvian Laser, which like, if he sits on this team, that is such a great T-shirt idea. It is. If we make T-shirts over Davis Bertons, we're the ones with problems. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the degenerates. We are the de- the leader of the degenerates. I think we need a degenerate shirt, honestly. And a Latvian lasers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and right after. <laughs> I am struggling a bit here. That's okay. I think he had like 14 points. Let's move on from Davis Bertons. Let's just jump right into Shea, Taylor. <laughs> oh, man. Perfect. Okay. Give us the Shea stat line. So today, and like you mentioned, Jacob, an elimination game against uh, Spain, he just absolutely took over in the fourth quarter, which maybe was the most exciting thing of anything in his stats, but ended up with 30 points, seven assists, four rebounds, three steals, seven to 12 from the floor, two of three from three, 14 of 16 from the free throw line, and then just had the absolute dagger there with about 40 seconds left. That's been all over twitter uh via fiba the step back um, and this is also from a uh, good friend thunder focus i thought this was a really good stat that i wanted to mention and also give him credit for but he scored or assisted on 14 straight points in the final two minutes of the game yeah he scored 11 in the final like minute 50 as clutch as you can get they went into that fourth quarter down 10 points shea outscored spain in the fourth quarter the third time this tournament that Shea has outscored the entire opposing team in a quarter. Crazy. That's absurd. He did it twice in third quarters and then today in the fourth quarter, capping it off. I mean, J- Taylor, you mentioned 14. He scored or assisted on 14 points. He scored 11, and the assist was a kick out to Dylan Brooks for a, a deep <laughs> for three. The three. The step back is filthy. Our guy Connor here in the chat, um, dropped the the Instagram caption. Yeah. Uh, they debating about if my bag is deep because they know the only thing I really lack is sleep. Left home and I said I wouldn't be back for weeks until I made sure I was in Paris next summer and not for Fashion Week. Ooh, did Drake Bars. write? Did Drake write that? Bars tough. That's I don't know. It, my thoughts were like if Drake is not writing ghost writing for Shay that he would have Shea on a track at some point this summer because he's obviously a big fan. Yeah. We haven't seen that yet. What For all the dogs, it's not dropped yet. To be fair, Drake's upcoming album. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm a little torn, a little torn there. At the very least, though, there will be an SGA bar on the album. We can we can probably... Oh, oh yeah, he will at least that. drop the SGA reference. We all, if like, you don't we all think like, that's going to be part of the podcast oh. intro, you are <laughs> using... Heavy drugs. It's 100% making it on the cut. Um, so Canada wins. Canada they are wins. on to the eight-team knockout round. They will play Luka Doncic Ooh. and the Slovenians third Wednesday morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Oh, we have a time now. I haven't even seen this. 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Shea has art. So Luca has better stats, like counting stats, points, rebounds, assists. Shea has arguably, I think very easily, arguably, been the best player in FIBA. That game 
is a knockout game. You could argue it's one of the, the biggest games of Shea's basketball career. It's going to be a show. And let I me tell you something. So like, Taylor mad. and I talked about this a little bit earlier today. Shea's been unbelievable. Like, nothing of last year was a fluke. There are, like, national NBA people getting retweeted on my timeline daily now talking about, like, this guy's a top five MVP candidate for the next handful of years. And then not five. Have, the Thunder have, <laughs> have built a monster. They have Shea, and they have a team around him that fits him perfectly. He's so moldable. Like... It's hard to believe that we have another bona fide superstar in Oklahoma City. It was Agreed. Russ and KD and Harden and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul. Shea is Alex going Shea. on that list. And I think when it's all said and done, the lowest Shea will be in this franchise's hierarchy is three. Lord have mercy. I'm about to bust. Yes. I mean, you <laughs> can argue it's going to be like Russ. Request a trade or it's going to be Russ, wins. KD, Shea at the end of yeah. the day. And that's worst case scenario. If Someone, we're talking about like jerseys in the Raptors. Oh yeah. Someone I mean, on local radio will say Russ, SGA, KD. That, that will happen. At oh, some 100%. Point. Hey, yeah. is at some point, God, I can't uh -oh. go there. I can't go. I can't go. Uh oh, there. can't go there. Can't go there. Shea number some, one at, would be at impressive. some point. If he's as good as we think he's going to be, and he's only twenty five, do in five years are we having the is Shea or Russ the better Thunder player? Yeah, one hundred percent. Can we right. have that conversation? I mean, Russ has an MVP. Yeah. And I think five years from now, we could be talking about Shea having an MVP. He However, he could the also have there, an MVP. <laughs> the difference there, though, I think is like, and it's even more exciting. Maybe this takes away some from Shea's ultimate ceiling, like if that makes any sense at all. Um, I just think about some of the teams. And again, this is kind of like transitioning into what we'll, we'll be talking about here uh, and some of the uh, quote unquote conspiracy theories I have coming up for our upcoming segment. But with Russ, and it was just Russ's time, 2017. Like he got his MVP, and nothing. We aren't taking anything away from that. Um, but I also think about like where Shea will. When you mentioned Jacob, where Shea will rank in the in in terms of top Thunder players ever. I mean, we still have a super young Chet Holmgren who has never played a game for the Thunder. We have a super young Jalen Williams a who showed a turn promise. In, baby. We have Josh Giddy. <laughs> Man, <laughs> not going that far. <laughs> but I'm simply saying like there is a ton of talent on this basketball team and that's something to be really excited for. And, and again, like when we're having these kind of conversations in, in late August, early September here, five years from now, uh, things could look a lot different. It's uh, it, we're, we're fortunate as Thunder fans to still be questioning Shea's ceiling, even oh after God. the year he just had being the number one guard in the NBA last season. We're still wondering what the hell his ceiling is. Cause he looks like you said, the best he looks like the best player in, in FIBA right now in a league in a league that has Luca in it. Um, really quick, insane. If, if he gets below the free throw line, you're done. Yeah, you're done. Step back, drive. It's, he he's. It feels like he shoots like 85 percent below the free throw line, guys. Caitlin uh, Cooper had this incredible tweet. 
and uh, she's a uh, somebody who covers the Pacers. Oh, now she's I independent. love this. I like her a lot, and this tweet yes, is incredible. She's awesome. Uh, she's if you're on NBA Twitter, she's like NBA Twitter darling. She's incredible um, in terms of her analysis and her feel for the game, and just puts out incredible content for the Pacers. But she had a tweet back in March that she retweeted while she was watching today's FIBA game and said that Shay is like watching a slinky play basketball. And that's just the perfect encapsulation of what Shay is like driving to the rim or the step back shots that we've seen. Um, but also just really quick before we transition, because I know we need to transition. I mentioned Josh's overall stats for FIBA Shay so far, uh, even though Josh is now and, and Australia has now been eliminated so far for Shay at the same point, 23.8 points per game. 6.6 rebounds per game, 5.2 assists per game, 1.6 steals per game, 52.7% from the field on 14.8 field goal attempts, 33.3% from three, and that's on 4.2 three-point attempts for Team Canada, and uh, basically 90% from the free throw line on about seven and a half free throw attempts per game. Let me tell you something. That could be a season stat line next year. What was read those again fast, Taylor? Points, rebounds, assists. What were they? Twenty-three point eight points, six point six rebounds, five point two assists. I think the and, points will be higher. Yeah, and then I how agree. many steals? Uh, steals one point six. That seems about on par. Uh, I can see that being a little higher. Yep. And but the splits fifty-two, thirty-three, ninety. Yep. Flirting with 53, 52.7 from the floor, thirty-three percent from three, and about ninety percent from the free throw line. Uh, we got to hit a few of the comments before we move on. Uh, Garrett says, if Shea's a slinky, then Poku is a glow stick. I like That's that. That's amazing. Uh, our guy, Meek Leak, I wanted to address this one. He said, Shea's game is founded on athletic ability and shooting, so he may end up getting banged up more often, which may restrict his career. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I think Shea's game is more based on craft and skill than anything else. The first step, that boy, a doozy. <laughs> you're you're cooked. But the craft and the skill level is so high. We all love Russ. Russ fell off of a cliff about two years ago. When the athleticism starts to slightly decline and he's not a top 1% athlete in the NBA, he didn't have a lot of other stuff to fall back on. The way Shea plays, the way Josh plays, I think both those guys can play till they're 39 or 40. Just the skill level, the shooting ability... It's not all, it's not Russell Westbrook, Anthony Edwards. It's more Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. The quickness yeah. is important, but the athleticism isn't nearly as important for Shea as the craft and the skill level. I think his athleticism he, shows up as like balance and finesse rather than speed and like verticality, like with Russ. Yeah. And I'd throw Chris Paul in that as well. And again, they yeah. aren't Chris Paul players in terms of build, obviously. But that's kind of the exciting part. Like imagine Chris Paul being as big as Shane Getty. And yeah. That's kind of what we're getting here. Chris is like a solid six foot. Like that's it. I, yeah. I've stood next to Chris Paul before. I might be taller than Chris Paul. Yeah. Shay is a legit six six. Other one I wanted to hit. Ace Moot says, if we win the title, Shay will be number one. Do you guys agree with that? If Shay is the guy on the Thunder title team, he vaults Russ and Katie. Agree with that while fully accepting what we were saying at this point last year that Shea could maybe be more of a 1B. Um, yeah, accepting, eating my crow here and, and agreeing with that. All right, let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, 
We got a fun one tonight, guys, as we are going to dive into our own NBA conspiracy theories. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. It is time for us to go down the rabbit hole. We are a deep state YouTube channel right now. Conspiracy theorists. So we'll play the sounder. That is our conspiracy thounder. <laughs> thounder. Sounder. As we are going to remember 9-11. As we are going to fire off some wild conspiracy, NBA conspiracy theories. We're not going political here, folks. Do not worry. We are just sticking to NBA. So if you are tuning in live on YouTube, drop your NBA and Thunder conspiracy theories in the comments. We'll choose some of our favorites at the end of the show and read them. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, tweet at us your your personal NBA conspiracy theories. We'll retweet some of our favorites. We have each compiled a list of conspiracy theories that we 100% believe. Moon landing was fake. It was filmed in a Hollywood basement. Government had JFK killed, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Who wants to, to fire off their first one? I mean, I'm really mad that we didn't just, all three of us didn't just go ahead and make a tinfoil hat for the podcast. We should live streamers. Missed opportunity waters, on our The part. water's turned um, the frogs gay. You know, it's, 
Okay, I, I'll I'll kick us off. Okay. And if you go. fire off a conspiracy theory, you have to give your reasoning why. Okay. Do we want to start okay. with thunder and then do after just, commercial break. Let's just hodgepodge them. How okay. many? Do, how many okay. do you guys have? I have four. So I have between two and four. I have three so thunder, four. and I'm working on my uh, my NBA ones. I have one okay, NBA so, one. So Some let's these, each fire off two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll come back and we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll fire off another two. Perfect. My first one. The league intentionally makes small market teams draft foreign players so that their fan base is a more broad and diverse fan base to rival those of the large NBA markets. Oh, I love this. This is interesting. This is very interesting. New York has like what is it, like 20 million people in that city? New York City? Yeah. There's two teams there, so you divide that in half. That's 10 million fans. The state of Oklahoma has 4 million people. They are at a disadvantage as far as fans, fan revenue, income, jersey sales. My conspiracy, the league pushes these small market teams to draft overseas talent. That way, whenever you get that player over here, that entire country then becomes a fan of that team. A la Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis Alexander to an extent, although he wasn't drafted by the Thunder. Stephen Adams. Too. How many people in New Zealand are Thunder fans and own Thunder jerseys because of Stephen Adams? And Pope? even still to this day, like our, exactly. our yeah, 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 yeah. Um, demographics still support Aus- that. Australia and New Zealand love the uncontested, and we love you guys deeply. Um, Look at San Antonio, Manu Ginobili, Parker, Tim Duncan, Victor Wembanyama. Now, Victor Wembanyama. Hey, we'll get there in a second. All right, <laughs> just give me some time. I got another one. <laughs> oh no! The league wants to find a way to balance out the imbalance of fan support in small markets. So they push these small market teams to draft the overseas talent. Usman Jang. I love this. I love this a lot. Can I take this just a tad further, full conspiracy theory sure. mode? It's not even just international players. I think about LaMelo Ball to Charlotte, right? He has the international connection, which is why I drew that connection. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Even Zion to the Pelicans. Like, and, and I bring all these up because this is post-David Stern. Big market, David Stern. Yep, one hundred percent. Or this something. is an Adam Silver thing. Adam Silver, yeah. we figured Chet you out. coming to OKC again, not international. Just taking your conspiracy theory a step further here. Um, a little more parity within the league is, is maybe David, or sorry, is maybe Adam Silver's hope. This is super. This is super interesting because it because it's it's interesting because it's so like believable in some aspect, you know, mm-hmm. like. And there is probably it's probably a two way thing. It's like okay, the small markets there is a clear lane to fill where they're not going to get free agents, so they better start scouting overseas. But in the, in the same aspect, it's like self fulfilling where it's going to help you as far as your fan base, your total revenue, mm-hmm. um, it, and it helps you be successful. And like like wow, that small market team. Look at all these. Look at all the look at their international scouting department. And uh, I I also think kind of taking the conspiracy, taking the tinfoil hat off for a moment. I think there is very much something to 
And another example, Giannis in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is not necessarily like a super small market, but it's not like LA or New York either. Taking the tinfoil hat off for a moment, I think there definitely is something to international players being more loyal to the team that drafts them than domestic players for the most part. Uh, I look at guys like Tim Duncan and, and Dirk Nowinski as great examples of that. Small market teams like the Thunder, like you have to draft guys and keep them. And I wonder, I've always wondered, is there an element of that to it as well? You know, I think that's and yeah. Jokic with the Nuggets, like they're and again, yeah, again not a super small market, but another great example. Right. Okay. So that, like that. that's my first of four conspiracy theories. I also just think like the league growing as a whole, or sorry, not the league, but just basketball growing as a whole, international talent being developed more um, with my tinfoil hat off. Definitely. I think that's fair. All right. When do you guys go? Okay. I can do you know, do you want a thunder one or a league wide one? It's up to you, dude. All right. Um, let's go with thunder one. Let's why not just yeah, let's go back and forth. I like it. Yeah. Okay. And and you'll you'll kind of catch on where I'm going. Feel free to expand on it, deepen it like Taylor just did with Jacobs. Okay. Alexi Pokushevsky, it all starts with him. He is on this Thunder roster. He's a lovable guy, right? The Thunder see him in a different light, though. They they love him for sure. How much they value him as a player? There's something to discuss there because Poku's real use, and this is my conspiracy, is that he is Poku. He is an enigma to us all, and most importantly, the other team every night. His presence on the court, on the bench, doesn't matter, is there to confuse and distract the other team, the national media, whoever, to take the Thunder a little bit less seriously than they otherwise might. And then they show up, Poku might not even play, and they get their ass kicked. What do you guys think? So Poku isn't an actual NBA player. He is a he's a agent sent to um, trick and deceit and distract, right, from what's really going on. And and if he when he does play, they're like, oh, the Thunder, they're just they're tanking. Look at Poku out there just prancing around like a gazelle. And then and then you look up the stats, and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Let's so. and hoop. Yep, I like it. I I, I, I think the it. only way to even take this one any further is like, is is Poku actually even a real person? AI's come a long way, boys. It has. I'm telling you, whenever they make the robots, they're probably going to look like Alexei Pokushevsky. <laughs> Gen one, Gen tree one. trunk <laughs> limbs and Poku no bot. arms. Yeah, Poku bot Gen one. Could have been Poku on that plane with the lady uh, went down the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we gotta tweet that. We absolutely have to drop that. That motherfucker back there is not real. It's just a picture of. It's the picture of Poku. Like She's pointing at Poku. Incredible. I, th- I think you might be onto something, Silva. It's realistic. It's realistic. He, we haven't talked about him as a guy that's being cut, and he is, you know, uh, to a lot of people, just an insane NBA player. Um, you know, he he is like we're not questioning his spot on the roster really. Like he is gonna hey gonna play to take it a step farther. He's even a distraction and an enigma to his own team. This guy grew up in the Greek B League. 
he watched 40 year olds smoke cigarettes at halftime. He's in there huh. knocking back a Coors whenever they're at halftime against yeah. the Denver Nuggets. Gatorade Schmaderade. <laughs> the mountains are cold or blue. And I want <laughs> everyone, keep, everyone keep an eye on this. It will continue like it. to develop. I like it a lot. Poku unmasked. We're, we're dropping the YouTube documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I like Incredible. it. Right. Taylor, you're up. So I don't have very many uh, all uh, NBA league-wide conspiracy theories. Uh, I do have some some fun Thunder ones, but since Silva just spit out an incredible one, I'm going to save them. Uh, my first one here is a little it, – it's pretty realistic. Uh, I think there are some, unfortunately, some national media that share this point, um, some that I'm not huge fans of. However, I think that the NBA expansion has already been decided. And I think as soon as the new TV deal goes through, I believe in 2025, off the top of my head, if that's correct, Vegas and Seattle will be announced officially as the two expansion teams. And not only that, but LeBron will be a part of a, a I don't know how big, small group of owners who will own the Vegas team, but I think he will eventually take on the Michael Jordan role, even though Jordan just sold his stake uh, of the Charlotte Hornets. I think LeBron will assume that role for this new Vegas team. I think it's already been decided. So so you're saying the team, the the locations have already been picked and LeBron expansion is already there. There's no discussion on expansion. Expansion's done. They've already not not done. I mean, they're looking, but uh, phase one of expansion. Yes. Is done. This is what I mean. Like this, this current, Talk Correct. Adding two more. Teams. These are the two teams, and not only that, but LeBron so, has a handshake with Adam Silver and the league. Uh, maybe even in writing, who knows? That he will, him and, and presumably a group. Um, so how deep? How team. deep does this go? So the teams have been decided, that, or the cities at least. Correct. The um, there's already it's already known that LeBron will be part owner. Uh, have they already decided which team is going east? Wow. You could jettison, you could jettison one of LeBron's enemies to the east, so you never. Have to oh, see, see, now we're talking. Now okay, I like this. Be, I haven't thought this. I far think yet. geographically they have to move. It's got to be Memphis or Minnesota, right? Correct. Yeah, neither of which are really enemies of LeBron. But before that happens, maybe Memphis. Someone Lakers, gets traded there. Yeah, and then they get moved east. Yes. Is Dame LeBron going to be? Is LeBron going to be part owner and player? I, I think so, and I think Bronny James will be on Las Vegas. That's his first move as owner is drafting his son. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? I take that back. So, Bronny will technically be drafted prior to expansion if it does happen in twenty twenty five. Again, this is kind of like a last minute, so I don't actually have all my my facts in place. This is just all the things I've read and heard uh, off the top of my head. So. I think expansion draft happens. Okay. This is the expansion draft. Bronny James is unprotected. Again, conspiracy. League tells said team who drafted him, you got to unprotect him. And he is drafted by Team Las Vegas, led by player owner LeBron James. I like that. I like that. Do the team, do they already know the team names? That probably not. I don't think that matters as much to them in the short term as, okay. as much as just Vegas and Seattle. Uh, Quote-unquote, I know it's coming from a Thunder fan, but making things right with Seattle 
because look, conspiracy theories, we're talking conspiracy theories. Like, yes, the ownership group totally came in, bought these Sonics with the intention of <laughs> putting them in Oklahoma City. Let's call it how it is. And I am yeah. damn proud of it. Yeah. Um, however, and they're still mad. Vegas, is, I mean, that's the place to be. We saw the Raiders there, uh, move there. Mm-hmm. We, I, I'm, they're WM. Yeah, they're awesome. Their WNBA team is awesome. Incredible. And then uh, their NHL team as well. Yeah. We've been to Vegas here the past mm-hmm. couple of seasons. Yeah. Anyways, make that's that my, my league-wide one. Make that sphere of basketball every every time there's a, a game there. It's easy. They're going to hoop inside the sphere. That's the that, that might be the cherry on top of that's this. That's actually not too far-fetched based off what we were told when we were in Vegas this past summer. Our guy Alec- Alexander King says LeBron will also be the coach for Vegas. Oh, Owner, I love that player coach. coach. First time player, since Magic. GM. Am I right there? Oh, I don't know. No, I have no clue, dude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought Magic did it for a while, but Bill I, I love that one, Alex. Thank you. All right, you guys ready for my next one? Yes, ready. Do you want my Thunder one, or do you want a league wide one? I have two league wide and one Thunder. Just give us your favorite. I don't really have a favorite conspiracy go, go theory. Thunders, it's sort of kind of alternating. Okay. My Thunder one is, it's kind of wordy. The Thunder are building, quote unquote, in the right way in the league's eye. And that's why the new CBA is set up the way it is. The NBA realized that they effed up with the cap spike and stole KD from Oklahoma City. And so the league is now crafting or crafted the new CBA to be more beneficial to drafting teams when it's very clear to everybody. The new CBA is geared towards drafting and retaining your own talent and not spending in free agency. The league ratified this new CBA when the Thunder had the largest stash of draft picks in the league. This is clearly a move to pacify the Thunder after they got screwed probably more than anybody else in the past 10 years in the league with the cap spike move that w- allowed Kevin Durant to leave and go to golden state. If that cap spike did not hit that year or they would have smoothed it. I think there's one or maybe two tanking teams who would have had the ability to sign KD outright. And he most likely stays in Oklahoma city. So the league's new CBA is geared around a couple of things based in Oklahoma city. Number one, retribution for the KD screwing in, what was that, 2016? Yep. And because the league prefers the style of team construction that the Thunder is doing and wants to reward it. I I, I think that's very accurate. We're seeing some comments here that that's not a conspiracy. That's a fact, Jacob. It, I think it still is very much considered a, a conspiracy theory, but I think there's a lot of truth to it. When you think about, for example, there's always like, a little bit of truth in a conspiracy theory, Taylor. In a good conspiracy theory, let's be clear. Uh, I'm giving you credit here on your conspiracy theory. Thank you. Not all conspiracy theories have truth. You guys, the good ones. Truth in there. The good it's ones. Unbelievable. Thank you. Taylor's a good one. I I think about like this current era of NBA superstars who are finally, I say finally, they are quote unquote, you know, taking these extensions with these teams, a la Dame Lillard, a la. E- I, what even Kevin Durant with the the um Nets. gosh <laughs> yeah thank you the Warriors um like these team uh, these players are doing this 
They realize the new player empowerment era. They take these deals first, get the money first, and then they request the trades. Anthony Davis, right? Like the list goes on, although he has signed a new extension with LA. Um, I think the list goes on and on. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. I think I, it makes a lot of sense. Here's Bill Simmons told me that the Thunder can't keep any of their players. Yeah. New CBA isn't good. Yeah. Okay, that, that was mine. Really uh, our guy really Matt Clarkson in the chat says the league doesn't care enough about OKC to make the KD debacle right. This might be true. There's probably some truth to that. They probably saw it. the The reality is they probably still recognize that the cap spike can never like can never happen again because teams like OKC, if, even if it's they're not referencing OKC specifically, uh, they can't let that happen again. Like that exact Agreed. thing. All right, that was my second one. Right. JD, you're up. All right, I'll go with the league-wide one. Um, this one, I don't know where this one came from. This is the first one I wrote down. It just kind of immediately, light bulb, here it is. Silva, this is your segment. This is your time <laughs> to shine, and you're okay. on a roll. We all know James Dolan, owner of the Knicks. Okay, we're going down that lane. Okay. James Dolan. The Knicks have been mediocre to slightly above average for how long? Since, since the 90s? Slightly above average is generous. Is generous. And I think Mr. Dolan likes it that way. I think I think he loves a little bit of destabilization within his own organization. I think he loves that his fans regularly hate watch his team. So I think he will act out. He'll do whatever he has to. He'll overpay players. He'll make dumb decisions and, and overstep his boundary as an owner to keep the team not as optimized as they possibly could be to where they always fall a little bit short of expectations. They don't always have the highest ceiling. And I think he does it because it's the most profitable to have your fans kind of hate you and hate the team. I love this. I think you're onto something. He's not interested in the basketball. He's interested in the money. Right. Yeah. And hey, as we always say, any publicity is good publicity. If 10,000 people hate listen to this podcast, I'd be the happiest man alive. Give me those downloads, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Very fair. Speaking so, of, probably I, I tweeted negatively about RJ Barrett because the dude has been straight ass cheeks in this FIBA cup. Uh, clapping at Shea for the ball. I'm like, bro, Shea's got 32 points and is like leading your team to the win. <laughs> like, settle down. Knicks fans all over me. So the fact that you brought this up means this YouTube video is going to get 10,000 views. It. It because of that. Silva I love is it. channeling his own inner James Dolan Right hey, now, super quick one that I don't I don't want to make an actual con- conspiracy theory, but R.J. Barrett, poor man's Lou Dort. Well, they after you now, Taylor. The stats say it. This past game is Tillman doing the same thing. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> no, Tillman's just a jackass. Uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> I can see. I can see that one, Silva. Um, he's doing. He's like intentionally pissing people off. He's stirring the pot. He's a pot stirrer. Yeah. He's like a big old wooden spoon. Oh, like the, the just face ID the recognitions. Like, like if That's you walk in and you're that, like, you're yeah. banned from a game, it like dings the system and they kick you out. Like and wild you know what? stuff. Lots of articles written about that. Ton of them. Char- the Charles Oakley thing wouldn't let him sit in the, the yeah. visiting area. He, you know, Julius Randle's like the face of this type of player that clicks, the next clicks, after. clicks. Yeah. Hey, I saw an article the other day that said the Thunder should cash in their assets to go get Julius Randle. Oh, goodness. I would also like to spend $50,000 on a Honda Civic. 
from 1993. <laughs> Cash in to get Julius Randle. That's uh, yeah. Shouldn't be saying that. If you find yourself saying Cash that, in wait a, a handful of seconds. Yeah, man, this has turned to a, a Knicks hater pod. Uh, hopefully, this yeah. does. Hey, pinged. all maybe publicity you, is good publicity. Maybe no right. paid me under the table, <laughs> and that's how we're here. Super conspiracy. <laughs> Taylor, what's your next one? Let's go back to Thunder. This is where I uh, mine get, really get meaty. Uh, oh my. Yeah. Give me the meat. We all know how Presty preaches drafting people first and players second, right? We we heard that direct quote here, uh, I guess, gosh, was that a year ago or two years ago? Regardless, it is something that he's stayed true by. Um, and this leads me to something we discussed earlier in the podcast. The Harden trade was less about money, as everyone seems to believe, and the contract negotiations were just the last straw for Sam rather than the main issue. And this culminated with Harden going out at night during the 2012 NBA Finals where he played like garbage because he was at the strip clubs. Thunder hated that. They did not want that uh, him to be impressionable upon their young guys and Russ and KD specifically. I think the contract negotiations was more so just like, look. The final straw that broke the camel's back. Exactly. This is great. And I've wondered this myself. And the fact that you, you just... You're bringing it to life. This is this is excellent, and that's also like, it's the perfect conspiracy because Sam Presti, being the guy he is, would never admit to that. At least not until we get the uh, the memoir at 30 years from now or whenever that is. Um, it's perfect, and it makes total sense. And I like to tell myself that for for like comfort reasons. <laughs> Correct. It's it's, it's comforting. Yeah. I think this one has some meat to it. For sure. Thank you. Um, I told you it was meaty. To, to meaty. tag on to this one, uh, Sean in the comments had one I wanted to bring up later. He says the Thunder <laughs> didn't win a title because LeBron sent strippers and alcohol yes. to 13's hotel room. Is this is this Look, like when Sean uh, and I have been like on the same page here over the past like uh, summer? Yeah. You guys are bonding. Is this We're like bonding. When, uh, we are bonding after our Poku feud? Yeah. People said the MJ flu game, like someone sent a uh, that that pizza to his to his no, room. That was somebody. Jordan said that. Oh, see, in the it, last dance, Doc Jordan said I didn't have the flu. I had food poisoning because yeah. those people found out the pizza was for me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Same shit. Same stuff. Yep. Now we're talking, Taylor. I think you're onto something. You're cooking. And I think eventually uh, we will get the uh, the full message there. But yeah. Harden very turned out to be, and, and it's become even more apparent the farther out we get. You know, the farther yeah. out we get, it's more and more and more apparent that Harden did not fit the model and the type of person that Presti wanted to draft. Now, there's still going to be the counter arguments nationally that, well, you give it another however many years because of the talent. But, and, and look what happened to the GM that did allow James Harden to just totally run wild. Like, great point. He's been great just, point. He is now being openly slandered by James Harden. Like yep. Daryl Morey is just catching strays now. Our friend Matt in the in the comments says that would explain why Presty balked at a max when it was barely a million more a year. He needed Harden to make any indication that he was not a team oriented player. Yep, makes a lot of sense. I like it. All right, let's take our last break of the night. On the other side, we'll fire off the rest of our conspiracy theories. We'll be right back. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are back. Gentlemen, a few more conspiracies. How many do you guys each have left? I got I've- two. I have two more like rapid fire ones, not as like okay. I've got some rapid fire ones as well. And then we will uh we'll hit the comments. Taylor, cool. do you have two? I have two legitimate thunder ones and that's it. Okay. Uh I will kick us off again. I'm gonna hit you guys with a really simple one. The draft lottery is preordained. The ping pong ball ceremony is uh is just for TV. The league crafts the way the ping pong balls will come through. Uh, even the GM sitting backstage and w- where the actual lottery takes place, um, where they, they get the, the four number combo to see if they've hit the lottery or not. Uh-huh. It's all bullshit. The league sets it up the way they want it set up to create the most amount of drama to make the most amount of money. Case in point, San Antonio Spurs getting the number one overall pick and getting Victor Wembanyama. Everyone talked all year. Tim Duncan 2.0. What a better place for a young international player to come and start his career than the San Antonio Spurs. Greg Popovich. Yada, 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 yada. The GMs don't know. It's a surprise to the GMs. But, but the, the league, owners know. The No, just the league sets this up. Okay. The league are... Whenever they go in there to draw those lottery balls, league already knows what fourteen through one is going to be. I they make like the, that. They make those decisions well. Teams beforehand. don't know, but league does know. Yes. So, so did, did they just like hate the Wizards more than anything? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they just always are like, you know what? You wronged me personally. Here's the eighth pick every single year. Basically, that is well, hilarious. They're like, let's throw. Th- I think it's more JD. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's throw the Wizards a bone, not drop them, give them number eight. We can't control what the hell they're going to do with the pick. They're this the ones true. that mess it up every year. This is very true. If the Spurs thing just uh, how let's, does let's, let's take luck. it a step deeper. The league was also heavily involved 
and the massive Jabari Smith Jr. Paulo Bancaro number one smokescreen. Ooh. It's all about keeping people on their toes. Everybody knew Chet True. was one two to OKC. Yeah, that's a good point. Who's pulling the strings? Who's good pulling point. them? It's not even it's not even um, our third eye are, is open. Shout out Basketball Illuminati podcast. Yes. It's not even the commissioner. It's not Adam Silver. It's a it's a select group. It's Adam Gold. Even <laughs> I hate you. The big money donors. <laughs> Adam Gold and Platinum are in there really pulling the strings. Why do you think he's Bob called Adam Silver? <laughs> I like this. My God. I, I'm in. Okay. Silva, what do you I think? Like hey, give us your next one. Oh yeah, um, I, I have more. These two are far less fleshed out than the than the first two. Um, I'm just gonna. I just have. I have two sentences here, one for each. Uh, my first one is just the Lakers in general. Uh, I feel like they are uh, a team that is entirely gassed up by uh, the media and like specific reporters, and it feels like a lot of their credit, a lot of their hype, and a lot of their like uh, benefit of the doubt that they seem to always have is generated by uh, the media not to be like i hate the media not this is not that kind of thing this is like a i don't know the lakers are the lakers because we keep making them the lakers like they they have gone through horrible horrible runs and they're always given the benefit of the doubt no matter what um this one is hardly even a conspiracy though because it's profitable for the league if the lakers are good so i just wanted to get that off my chest because uh yeah, you have your like McMinimans of the world who will go on and scoff and balk at the idea of the Lakers losing to the Nuggets. I, I still remember that. I I screen recorded it and put it on Twitter. It was like, you think the Lakers are gonna lose to the Nuggets? And like just people going online and saying that gives everyone else that wants to be a Lakers fan. I mean, that same if this level goes of, into what we've been talking about. Yeah. All three of us uh, are in our entire uh, uncontested uh, slack that we have talking about the, the ridiculous Austin Reeves. Yeah. FIBA hype, right? Like, yeah, no, it plays right into it. It's a lot of uh, fabrication going on. Austin Reeves is a great player. He's not a superstar. I don't know, Taylor. I mean, when you have LeBron James as your uh, your number two player on your team, you're pretty good. Yeah. Can you imagine Kenrich Williams like on the Lakers? Oh, oh my God. Kenny Hustle. Teams billboards. Three first round picks for Kenrich Williams. Can you imagine if Shea was on the Lakers? Oh, God. They'd I mean, rename California and Canada. They would. LeBron finally willing to be a 1B to a 1A. All right, Taylor, what's your next one? So I, I, I have two Thunder ones here. My first one is a little more fleshed out to Silva's point. My second one, I do think we have to mention because, Jacob, it comes from something that you've mentioned to us and have mentioned on the podcast, but way quicker. Um, so my big one here. The Thunder were going to select Kristaps Porzingis in the 2014 draft, but informed him last minute that they were not going to select him because of medicals, and that is why he withdrew and re-entered into the 2015 draft. A little context there. Uh, shout out Chad Ford. He mentioned that a few weeks ago, it seemed unlikely that Porzingis would keep his name in the draft, but the 18-year-old Lafayette was projected as a potential top 10 pick next year but sources now say Porzingis has received a promise from the Thunder to draft him in the first round there's no way he'll be around at 29 so the Thunder's pick at number 21 is the target and there was additional talk after that that there were teams interested even as like late lottery I think Orlando was one of them 
But these teams learned of his injury history, specifically the Thunder, and that is why Porzingis pulled out of the 2014 draft and re-entered in 2015, and here we are today. That one's almost not a conspiracy because it's too believable. I will yeah. also go on record on this podcast right now and say if Porzingis stays in the 2014 draft and the Thunder draft him, there's a Larry O'Brien trophy in Oklahoma City. Oh. We could have a whole conspiracy catalog of the almost, the things that almost happened here. Oh, the Tyson Tyson Chandler trade, Al Horford. I almost, I almost, I, I try to come up with a conspiracy. If your starting Tyson lineup Chandler was one. Russ, Prime Vic, yeah, KD, Al Horford, um, yeah, Al, Al Horford, Horford was Serge going got to search got traded for Vic. So who is the five going to be? So no, Al Horford was going to, be, was going to be, sign, quote unquote. Yeah, it was going to be Russ, Vic, Dre, KD, Horford. Yeah. And your bench was going to have like Dion on it. Um, you still had the assets for the Paul George trade too. No, they yeah. traded, they, they, they hadn't traded Sabonis at that time. Because they were going to have Sabonis, Sabonis on, on the bench. <laughs> Sabonis wasn't, I don't think he'd be, but still, like that's insane. It's insane. That was two years. So you add a uh, going into his third year, Chris Stapps Porzingis to that squad. So you swap you swap out Dre, and you make Horford your four and Porzingis your five. Dynasty. Or vice versa. Like it doesn't matter. Dynasty. Yeah, yep. When your front line is Al Horford, KP, and KD, and you got Vic and Russell Westbrook. Just playing like guys with their hair on fire. Okay, so done. Here's my next one because it fits so seamlessly into this this current one we've been this talking is about. Painful for me. And again, this this goes to a story that Jacobs told in this podcast a handful of times, where he was able to go into a presser preseason, um, where they were able to ask Presty questions. And uh, so my conspiracy theory is that based off Jacob's comments and, and just other comments that we've seen, again, there's been a lot of reporting on the certain player. The Thunder were deciding between Giannis and Steven Adams in the 2013 draft. Again, Jacob's comments, which I will let him uh, elaborate on because he can tell it way better than I. And then also Steven's immediate impact. Again, we talked about earlier in the podcast about Kendrick Perkins being there, trying to fill that Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Perkins role versus developing a player like Giannis when you have KD and Russ in their primes. I get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like a player like Steven can make a more immediate impact and kind of seamlessly fit to that role and hopefully have more upside value there. So I see what Presti was doing. But when you look at Giannis, if it were any other year and you didn't have the pressure that he had with KD and with Russ, like I see what he loved I, I see how Giannis would fit what he loved and targeted. So, Jacob, I, I've been saying a lot about the comments, but do you want to go ahead and, and recap that story there about when you were yeah, able to he be just an oppressor? I had asked him a question like he had mentioned something about um, if they didn't take Adams, the other guy that they had on their board, they would have been, quote, just fine. Like they would have been fine drafting the other guy. So I asked him, who's the other guy? And he wouldn't answer. He said, I'm, I'm not going to answer that one. But then we've also even seen in Adrian Wojnarowski's three-part podcast series over Giannis, the Thunder were interested in a drafting stash. 
and Giannis, Giannis's team wasn't very interested in that. So Taylor, again, I don't know if this is really a conspiracy theory because I think it's just true. Yeah. Wow. Well, and that hurts. Under one of those teams to over there, alongside the Hawks and me, Milwaukee, me, scouting them, and yeah. Let me add to yours. The Thunder took Adams over Giannis because at that point they had a promise from KD that he'd resign. Oh, uh, I like that. And that so makes, they didn't see uh, the need to draft another seven-foot ball handler. They already had their guy. My God. There you go. I like that a lot. All right, my last one. Pretty straightforward and simple. A little wordy, but a little pretty straightforward and simple. A Dame trade has already been agreed upon and is in place and is ready to go. The, the players, the draft picks, the compensation, everything is agreed to. It's already been called into the league. The league is okay with it. It has just been told to... to it's been kept under wraps and told to the parties, specifically to guys like Adrian Wojnarowski, to keep it quiet and break it here in a couple of weeks during either week one or week two of the NFL season to once again have the NBA draw the attention away from the National Football League and steal some of the spotlight. Love this. this is Love a this a lot. Yes. Yeah. It's already done. Great one. This is such a good one to end on. Yes. Yeah. I'm in. Dude, that's so good. And it's, yeah, I could I could definitely see that. However, that had to be. However, that has to be set up with. Okay, you don't don't tell this info to anyone, or I don't know. That that is it the leagues maybe sense. greasing the wheels a little bit, giving Woj Shams a little bit of money, mm-hmm. giving the the teams a little bit of money. Hey, this is done. We're not releasing it. We're gonna steal some of NFL opening week's thunder. Wait, no pun intended. And Woj drop it. <laughs> Week two, Sunday, noon Eastern. Boom. If that happens, in that exact, if that happens, like at that exact timestamp, can you imagine? Oh, we're, we're, if that happens, we're clipping this and we're blowing it up. Oh, you're the Nostradamus. And I'm, and I'm giving everybody the lottery numbers. <laughs> Nostradamus level prediction. I think that one deserves a sounder, Silva. Okay. All right, JD, you're up. Yeah. This is the last one, right? Yeah, last one. It's going to be, you know, maybe 10 seconds, maybe even less than that. It's just, what the hell is going on with Vasily Mitchich? Knew <laughs> <laughs> it. Why is As he on the, the roster? said a Mitchich conspiracy is coming in. Why is he on the roster? I'll tell you why. Here's the conspiracy. The Thunder have on staff secretly one of the world-renowned orthodontists. <laughs> Got to get those braces taken care of. Oh my God, I just we will get fix it. those teeth if you finally come over here. I don't get I, it. Just the the Mitchich thing. Who is is he? Twenty nine. Twenty nine, which is young. Yes, coming from a thirty three year old. <laughs> it is young. Are both of also, you guys under twenty nine? Yeah, I just turned twenty seven. God, go to hell. I'll be 29 first week of January. Almost there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It just doesn't make sense with all the other moves that Sam, all, all the principles that Sam has laid out before, all the moves made before. It's all, they've all been very patient and slow. And it's like, okay, your first, your first like fast forwardy move is trading for a 29 year old guy that we've 
we created like he became like a, a myth amongst Thunder yeah. fans. And that's the first move. I don't know. I don't know. I've never understood it. Maybe I'll understand it once I see the guy play basketball. <laughs> I'm with you there. It's interesting. Yeah. I do actually have one more Thunder one that I skipped over, but I won't go into I have details on it. I won't. Just basically we give Presty a lot of credit for the Paul George trade, trading Depot and Sabonis to Indiana for Paul George. I actually think that was orchestrated by Russ, who was going to request a trade. It had. Oh, I like this. Had Presley not traded for Paul George. We got the Russ PG connections from California. We know how close they were, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Russ was coming off of 2017. PG recruited Russ to the Clippers. Yeah, to the Clippers. 2017 MVP year for Russell Westbrook with zero help. with all due respect to Aladipo, who did not play very well. And this was honestly the true, the first true superstar trade we ever saw from Presti, which contradicts what we see saw from him previously with the KD Russ era, as well as like moving forward, right? Like holding on to these draft picks, not rushing things, which we all agree with. I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm just saying it's very uncharacteristic from Presti. And you're you add something, the, You add in the mellow trade. You are. No. I, you add in the mellow trade that same offseason. Mm-hmm. I forgot about this one. Sorry. I, I yeah. skipped over it. Anyways. And we know that one. Russ was Russ. We reached out to Kawhi to try to right. go join him before later PG. on. Like Russ won won yeah. out. Yeah. So I'm thinking he yeah. was already wanting out Man, 2017. The stories that we don't know. What I would do to be a fly on the wall. Oh, yeah. Of Sam Pressy's office. Agreed. Incredible. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us as we busted out the wild con- NBA conspiracy theories. We appreciate all of you. Quick programming note for the podcast. We will not have a Wednesday show this week just due to schedules and a lot of people being out. No Wednesday show this week. Uh, which is actually the evening after the Canada versus Slovenia game. So we'll tweet and stuff, but no Wednesday show. We will be back next Sunday. And we have a little two-part podcast series we're going to run for our, our the next couple of topics that I think are going to be a blast. You guys aren't going to want to miss it. Some um, are calling it Devils versus Angels. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're, we're not going to tell you what it is, but I will tell you that we've decided to call it the Taylor and Nick show. Um, do with that as you will. It's going to be a blast. We will catch you guys in a week. So until then, as always, that's a really late sound to drop. So I, I just, I didn't know we were, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Until then, and as always, thunder up. <laughs>